Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 43 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of February 2nd, 2021. Happy Groundhog's Day. I'm told Punxsutawney Phil saw a double shadow today. It either means 12 more weeks of winter, another delay for the people mover, or perhaps <laughs> both. Coming up on today's show, UK strain of COVID-19 detected in Orange County. Blizzard Beach tickets and reopening guidelines released. And in our main segment, we give our ratings for attractions in Grand Avenue and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. This is the Circa 71 Podcast. Special shout out to new listeners, Agnes and Rennie. Agnes and Rennie were members of the taste testing team for the upcoming La Gelateria in World Showcase at Epcot. The brand new gelato quick service dining location will specialize in the sweet treats. Agnes and Rennie are excited for the finalized menu, but did mention some gelato flavors that will not be included. The duo's top three from the cut list were Ducati Exhaust, the Streets of Pompeii, and Mama Lafayetta's Seafood Diablo. They would not confirm or deny a potential Milan leather flavor. True story, Donna. You know, better than the jambalaya flavor I heard uh, was going to be coming our way. That is true. All right, Donna, getting into housekeeping and news stories this week. First up, United Kingdom strain of COVID-19 has been detected in Orange County, Florida. Um, this was announced uh, last week um, that the Orlando Sentinel um, posted um, or posted an article um, saying that the uh, new strain and variant of the COVID-19 virus was found in Orange County, Florida, which is obviously where Walt Disney World Resort um, itself is located. Um, issue here, um, for anybody who isn't aware, these um, variants and different strains carry an increased danger because it's seemingly easier to transmit um, than uh, the original um, virus. So uh, kind of scary stuff. Certainly, Donna, hoping that, um, you know, these vaccines start getting more on track and, um that is the good news, though. It does seem that the um, UK strain, um, the vaccines do protect from this new strain. Yeah, I mean, it's from everything that I've read, which, you know, I'm not trying to be an expert. The virus is smart. It's, you know, it's it's changing the same way there's different strands of the flu um, every year. We have to hope and pray that the vaccine that they've come up with is going to protect us against enough of these strands that, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, the world can kind of go back to normal. Yeah, I agree. So it, this is kind of the, the new issue. The good news is that it does seem the vaccines do um, protect from from the new strain. Um I, I've heard that the uh, Moderna and Pfizer is a little bit more protective um, um, than the uh, the one by J and J Johnson and Johnson, but um, there is still you know some protection there as well. So I was reading bits and pieces about the governor, and I again I'm not pretending to to be an expert on this, but the Johnson Johnson vaccine might be cleared for kids. That the governor was actually pushing down here to see if he could get uh, vaccinate the teachers and the kiddos with it. 
Oh, I hadn't read that because as far as I know, it wasn't even tested in kids. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Well, I'll, I'll have to do some more uh, research on that. But go ahead. What do you have for our next news story? So this is another phenomenal example of how Disney's getting cheap. And it's starting to, not starting to, let's be serious. It already <laughs> has peed me off. But this one's just another example for me that like, holy crap, Batman. So Jamie and I have talked about, you know, that the Donald animatronic in the end, the last scene of Three Caballeros um, attraction, the boat ride in Mexico, or as Anthony says, the boaty ride uh, in Mexico, um, you know, it typically has Donald, Panchito, and Jose as really cool audio animatronics. And we're not talking about like new age ones, like pretty basic audio animatronic figures. And Donald, you know, pooped out. So then it was like, okay, we're going to put a plant in Donald's place and all this other nonsense. And uh, this weekend, three, so they've now pulled the other two audio animatronics, three cardboard cutouts of Donald, Panchito, and Jose are now on the stage in that last scene. And it makes me want to throw up. It's just, it's disgusting. Disney needs to, to pony up, spend the money, fix Donald, and put it back the right way. This is crazy. Well, you're right. They're certainly not new uh, animatronics. Do you know actually where they're originally from? I do not. They were originally, if I, I'm 95% sure, I, I'm not 100%, but uh, the um, Mickey Mouse review that was in the same theater as um, Phil or Magic is now. Okay. They came from there. And they spent, I don't know, 15 years, 10 years, something like that, over in Tokyo Disneyland. And then they brought them back oh. and they put them in this attraction. So there's a lot of Walt Disney World history with those three special animatronics. The the thing that I don't really get, I mean, other than, wow, this looks awful and so right. incredibly cheap, is the animatronics replaced a screen that had been there forever correct so i don't know if disney removed the screen itself but that seems like a reasonable substitution that if the screen is still there turn it on (laughs) well especially because the rest of that attraction is screen based right it would fit you know it, it doesn't look terrible um the animatronics are obviously better um, you know the the physical props th- themselves, but having these these three ridiculous cutouts, it's like something you would see in a local amusement park. If that, I mean, it, well, you know what? That's like akin to the stupid um, Keister coaster. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, that that's valid. Over at the boardwalk, that that flat. I still yeah. don't even know what it's supposed to represent. But you follow what I'm saying that, you know, instead of having something cool there, they're like, let's just slap this on there and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, about as two dimensional as you can get, which is just sad. And, and I mean, it's not like this. I, I think the big outrage is it doesn't seem like this is a temporary fix because the Donald animatronic was down and removed I want to say a few weeks. Yes, I agree. You know, I, I want, I thought it was a little bit longer, but I, I don't want to misquote. But I, I mean, the fact that the 
they, they put up these three ridiculous cardboard cutouts. It's awful. It's so cheap and, and just they, they it's like they've just totally completely given up. Which is a beautiful transition to the next story. And <laughs> another attraction that they need to figure out what in the world's going on. <laughs> this is true. And evidently, as I mentioned in the intro, Puxatawney Phil did see his uh, double shadow. And it means that the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover refurbishment has been extended yet again. This time, it is now through February 28th, which according to my calendar, Donna, is all of February. Um, we, we did see some testing going on. Um, where we had, there was actually videos of um, the people mover trains themselves crashing into each other. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Which I, I I don't think was part of the test. I, I don't think that's <laughs> what they were going for. Um, but I I do know that was is a part of the problem with the attraction. Um, that you know when they have to do like a, an e-stop or slow the vehicles down like they're, they're basically free moving and they can actually get um, I don't want to say off track but uh, not properly spaced anymore and then as the day goes on that problem gets worse and worse and worse and that's where they start um, colliding into each other my concern for the attraction is because of the crashing into each other issue and the um, litigation and, and lawsuits that have actually been brought on against Disney because of the, the crashing. I, I don't want to see this ride shuttered, but I mean, it's been down at this point almost a year. It was down before the closures. Well, one thing that, um, that I think is important to note was something that actually was a little bit of a bright light for Mayor Brightspot, um, which was that the last time we did Astro Orbiter, um, Andrew Anthony and I uh, were in a totally different, um, like they, they redid, revamped, realigned, whatever word you want to use, the queue for Astro Orbiter to make room for the queue for the people mover. So my comment to you that I made multiple times, shame about, you know, hey, where are they going to queue people mover? I'm still a little bit concerned because they can't fit everybody in the area, you know, there, there's going to be overflow somewhere. Um, they, they looked like they were moving in the direction of opening this attraction. So I do believe that it is Disney's intention. Um, I almost wonder if they're going to have to figure out some technology like what the monorails have, that they physically can't be within a certain distance or the whole thing shuts down. Yeah, that, that's what I don't understand about this is the queue being rerouted and, and set up and, and for, for um, social distancing or physical distancing, whatever they're calling it this day. Um, th that should be the last step <laughs> before the attraction <laughs> opens because right. now you just killed space that you could have used and we're using for Astro Orbiter. So the fact that it's not like, you know, an extra week, allegedly, that it's, it's going to be in refurbishment for, but a full month? How long should it take them? I mean, you could reroute and figure out a queue overnight. That, that's not right. something that has to be done that far in advance. So we'd heard that they were replacing the motors and the um you know uh, um 
uh, electrical magnets, whatever, however it's run, the actual physical um, trains. But, I mean, man, it looks like they're not even close to figuring this out or whatever the issue is. Yeah, because they rerouted the queue, and then I think it was like the next day or the day after <laughs> the article popped up, you know, pictures of them slamming into each other. It's like, oh, yeah. perfect. It's it's a great, big, beautiful, extended refurbishment. <laughs> well, let's move on to something slightly less crappy, shall we? Sure. <laughs> um, so finally, and I say finally because this is sneaking up on us pretty quickly, Jane. I mm-hmm. can't believe, you know, as we sit here recording this this evening, it's January 31st. January is already gone which is just time is weird um but march 7th is going to be the reopening for disney's blizzard beach water park we still don't have a reopening date for typhoon lagoon but we know blizzard beach is reopening on march the 7th and tickets are you know finally as i said available for purchase as of january 26th um so the one day water park ticket without blackout dates would be 69 dollars plus tax for adults and 63 dollars plus tax for children ages three to nine and um, they are going to be valid through december 31st 2021 so if that looks fun to you go ahead and grab one yeah super excited and glad that blizzard beach is reopening um no news unfortunately on the uh water park itself annual pass um that was something that i had my eye on but no word if that is um going to be um, you know, still sold. But um, along those lines is kind of the second half of that news story where um, Walt Disney World has announced um, the face covering requirements for um, the water parks and specifically Blizzard Beach reopening on March 7th. So from um, Walt Disney World, uh, face coverings will be required in designated areas for each guest age two and up, including but not limited to the park entrance and exit, retail areas, and food and beverage ordering areas. Face coverings will not be permitted, which is kind of an interesting phrasing, while experiencing water slides or in the water. You may also remove your face covering while actively eating or drinking, but you should be stationary and maintain appropriate um, physical distancing. The, The one aspect of this that I I guess may fall under the including but not limited to um, discussion is what do you do if you're walking to a water slide? Are you permitted to not have your mask on there? Because it's not permitted while you're experiencing the water slides, but it doesn't say like if you're walking somewhere other than the park entrance, exit, retail areas, and food and bev areas. Yeah. And that's, you know, not, um, I don't mean to draw a comparison between flip flops or some sort of shoes and a mask, but I'm going to, because in this case, we're talking about a water park. That's always the annoyance there. The ground's burning hot. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, you know, <laughs> it was always one of those things are, oh crap. Like I wish I had shoes at the bottom of the slot, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have baggies. Um, I mean, I even was thinking through when you and I were talking about, you know, hey, wonder we wondered what um, capacity could look like. I was even thinking about, you know, this this very strong wording will not be permitted to wear um, masks. If a lifeguard needs to go in and physically make a rescue, they're not going to have a mask on either. So you think about that for a split second. Someone's going to be touching and 
granted they're saving their life so it needs to happen but i think it's really interesting from the cast member perspective too yeah it'll be interesting to kind of see how this all plays out i I almost would think that um you know if you're walking to a water slide that you're not going to be required to be masked but if you're in the um like on a lounge chair you know you probably are just because you are at um if you're in a pool you know at the resort hotels yeah so it's kind of interesting interesting. but glad to see some progress here super excited um i think donna we need to do a a show upcoming at some point soon talking about the water parks because i think they're very underrated i would agree yeah i always suggest to guests especially guests who are already picking up a park hopper option, I always suggest this. In my, you know, this is one of those, in my humble opinion type things, I think it's definitely worth the increase from hopper to this, the option that would include the water parks um, if they're coming in, in the, especially in the summer months. It's just such a nice add-on. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right. And, um, you know, Jamie being, um, Jamie has put a hard-hitting story <laughs> or at least a little bit more levels to it or layers to it rather um for the last one and that is disney is going to be updating the jungle cruise cruise attractions for me to speak today at both walt disney world resort and disneyland resort with a new story with cultural sensitivity changing coming changes coming um so essentially um disney has said that um significant scene changes are being made to the ride to make it more quote culturally sensitive uh so for example um the party being chased up by a tree uh by the rhino will be a group of ethnically diverse explorers as opposed to um current scenes which are not so essentially tomorrow made this big announcement they're going to be making sure that it's um you know won't offend anybody in the world because we can't ever do that ever um i have a few thoughts on this when i first read this and heard about it i wasn't a fan but the more that i i read articles and saw concept art i'm okay with this because i i genuinely think that they're upholding the original kind of storyline you know it's not there's no movie tie-in that's also something that you know the the movie with the rock that's coming out at some point is not going to be you know oh gosh i forgot about that wasn't that already supposed to be out yes um yeah but it got um it kept getting kicked back because of um of covid i want to say it was supposed to be last summer um but that there's not going to be any movie ip tie into this one other major positive is one of the lead imagineers on this project his original role where he kind of cut his teeth with disney was the he was a jungle cruise skipper at disneyland Hmm. and has an appreciation for it the other thing that like the the scene with all the explorers on the pole I have no issue and almost applaud making that culturally diverse. I I actually, that is where I think uh, inclusivity is its strongest. You know, if it's going to inspire, um, you know, a a younger child or whatever 
who has a different ethnic background. Oh, I can be an explorer too. All about it. I think that's a positive. Um, I, I think changing things. I'm much more positive about this one after thinking it through than Splash Mountain. That one, I I, I don't want to say I'm against because that's really strong, but I don't like what it's being replaced with. This, I think, ties more to the original story, purpose, humor of the Jungle Cruise and making it more... Um, accessible and inclusive for all guests. I just hope that they don't take away like the, oh, he's going to trade one of his heads or, <laughs> or two of his heads or one of yours, like comments like that. Like, you, I don't know. I just get tired of walking on eggshells. We don't want to offend anybody. I agree with your comment about like making, you know, the in trying to encourage people to see themselves in different roles. Um, I just, I just don't want to see too much of what Walt Disney had hands in go away i guess is is something that concerns me for sure no i think that's absolutely valid and um i i cautiously optimistic is what i will say so good discussion donna something we can definitely revisit um let's take a quick break and we'll be back with our main segment discussing galaxy's edge and grand avenue and we are back Continuing our series, Ranking Attractions at Disney's Hollywood Studios, tonight or today or this afternoon, you're choosing to listen to this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) whenever you happen to be listening to this. Um, Grand Avenue and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I thought for a split second you were going to say Star Wars Land and I was going to bust your balls so good. No. That actually, ugh. well, it actually really bothers me too when people misspell galaxies, like as it's multiple galaxies edge. No, it's, oh, it, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, I see a lot of people spell it like I E S edge. Oh. I'm like, no, 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 it's the edge of one galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, okay, well, where would you like to begin? Um, why don't we start with Grand Avenue? I mean, this is going to be a heavy-hitting conversation, Jim. <laughs> well, can we just, before we dive deep into this one, <laughs> um, I really dislike, actually, that they renamed it, just call it Muppets Courtyard. I agree. I thought that was actually cute. Uh, I mean, I know you're trying to use that land as the transition to Galaxy's Edge, but... Just call it Muppets Courtyard. It was the original intent to have a more Muppet presence in that park. Um, you have Pizza Rizzo. You know, I, I just, I don't know. Small little gripe, admittedly. I just don't like that that name. And, you know, Mama Miller's. Right. <laughs> also not that, not that it really has anything to do with um, the Muppets, but. I mean, I guess it's continuing the whole, like, you know, Little Italy theme a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, one attraction over the Grand Courtyard, or as Jamie would like to call it, Muppet or Grand Avenue, uh, Muppet Courtyard. uh, And that would be Muppet Vision 3D. (laughs) Um, This is cute. It's not something that you, you know, in the Fast Pass era, 
anything you ever needed a fast pass for. But um, always great to get a fast pass for so that you could then try to get another tier one. Yeah, that was a great strategy. And I may or Val and I may or may not have checked in on our fast pass and then immediately walked out. Oh, Jamie! Like we could have gotten a Tower of Terror like that next minute. So I, I like the Muppets. I like their presence in the park. But is your name Ralph? And did the Union send you? <laughs> it, it's so cute. It, it's just a cute show. Um, you have, you know, the history behind it with it being the last thing that Jim Henson worked on before he died. Um, so having that in the park, I I just don't understand why Disney always, it's like they always try and come back to the Muppets and they always misfire. Like mm. They just don't know what to do with them as an intellectual property, um, which is a shame because they're so funny um and and so many you know generational people you know kids parents grandparents can um enjoy this show you know we had the chance to go to the jim henson studios in california i did not part of adventures by disney oh cool yeah they take you to the studio um actually you get to even see like how some of the puppeteering works i volunteered and i got to you know do the little puppet hands and be like out of the the the, um the view of the camera and it's just so stinking cool seeing all that stuff and meeting some some of the animators that now work on the animated pieces of it and seeing how they're transitioning from you know the old style of the traditional puppetry to the new style um digital animation just really 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 neat so I agree. It's cool that this was something that he had his hands in. Same thing I always say to you, like what we were just talking about with Jungle Cruise, like that that was something Walt Disney worked on. So therefore, I right. hold it in high regard. Um, I also love the little, I mean, you can go into, we could have an entire year of shows talking about the intricacies of Disney attractions and shows and you know how it's more than just a show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always loved talking with my students about how you could walk in and before you're even 10 feet inside the building, you see a sign that says um, like gone on lunch, something effective like gone on break or gone on lunch break keys under the mat. Mm-hmm. Jamie, if you pick up the mat, the key's there. It's right. taped to the ground or like glued into the ground or whatever, but it's there. Um, you go in, you're in the pre-show room. That was one of the very, very few attractions that I would always be sad if I walked in. Oh, man, the pre-show's already started. I wanted to get there like, right before they're about to start the pre-show because it's so stinking cute and such a great addition. I, I That truly is more so than even some other pre-shows across the, the parks. Truly is part of the show to me. Oh, I always yeah. loved it. Well, that's one of those pre-shows that just has, you know, to, to your Uber Disney fans, quotable moan, moments. Oh, what do they know? They're tourists. You know, you have Rizzo <laughs> the Rat is Mickey Mouse. I mean, it's... It's, <laughs> it's, it's just super cute. And there's actually, even um, notwithstanding the actual pre-show itself, that pre-show room, has so many gags and tributes in it that you can just, you know, one of them that, that I'll mention is there's, there's a bag or a net um, that's filled with jello. Well, that's and a tribute to Nutella. Nutella. Like, like super cute stuff like that, that, you know, you know, there's a Henson Muppet hanging from the rafters. 
Um, I don't know if I've seen that. So it's a portrait, like a painting of Jim Henson as a Muppet. Oh, get out. Yes, dead serious. Towards the front left, top left. Okay. Google it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, but I, I mean, there's just so many things that you can talk about in this in this show that I don't want to say it doesn't get the credit that it deserves because it's it's not on a level of you know some of the other attractions that we talked about on like Sunset Boulevard or or anything like that. But it is a solid for what it is. 3D show. You have animatronics. You have. Um, I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this has seen it, so I, I'm not going to spoil anything. You know, <laughs> Sweetums comes out. You have um, uh, Stetler and Waldorf uh, animatronics. Um, Bean Bunny. You know, so there's a lot to it. Um, and I'll tell you what, Donna. The very first time I saw it. Um, and then uh, the canon scene at the end where the, you know, the um, theater, you know, explodes. I was blown away, no pun intended. I never realized what the, the sides of the theater. Um, I, I was stunned and it was such a great effect and still is an amazing effect. I just love, I mean, I just love so many things about it uh, that, you know, they, they tease at the idea of like, oh, another cheap 3D trick or, or we won't stoop to any 3D tricks. And then la, 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 <laughs> coming out, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's just good quality entertainment. It's what we've talked about, you know, from, from infant to, you know, great, great grandparents can enjoy this. Now, to be fair, I went in and I looked at my spreadsheet that I kept um, last year. And to be a hundred percent honest with you, in all of our visits to Disney's Hollywood Studios last year, I don't have a single time that we went to see Muppet Vision 3D in 2020. So as much as it's a great show and I'm sitting here saying how cool it is, it's not really in a location that my family goes to a lot because it's, it is tucked back in that far corner of the park. Um, we did not have a visit to Mama Miller's last year. So if we had done Mama Miller's, I'm quite certain we would have done Muppet Vision 3D. And we actually toyed with doing it on Friday. As you know, Jamie, we were there for my birthday all day. Um, but by the time we were like, oh, shoot, we should have done this. We were already back like at the front of like Grumman's Chinese Theater. And we were like, oh, yeah, we're not going back now. <laughs> like, let's just let's just head out. Um, so as much as it's it's a really cool attraction, I would be outraged i'm quite sure if they said they were going to level it in favor of something else it's not something that i typically go out of my way to do if that's fair to say it is um you know you're in the the unique situation of of as i almost dropped my phone um <laughs> got caught up in my chair um you know being super local where you're going to hit your your headliners and roll out but you know you, you look at somebody who you know it's their once every three four year trip and you know they're at hollywood studios and they don't have a park hopper it's one o'clock in the afternoon in august and it, you know the real feels sure. 110 degrees this checks a lot of boxes absolutely you know so I, I think that definitely has it going um for I, i'm still by the way stunned that you didn't do mama melrose at all last year i mean i know is the criminal that, that is criminal um so I, I may be struggling with words a little bit because i'm so flabbergasted <laughs> um 
but uh, I am sad on a, another small note because I actually think the building itself, um, especially if you go on the, the backside um, near the uh, basically where the gift shop is, you have that tall Kermit um, and you have has had some really pretty paintings um, mm-hmm. that, that were taken away. Um, and even that uh, the balloon. Um, the hot air balloon, I thought that was pretty iconic. So I was always sad I to see like that go away. Miss Piggy Fountain out front, I think it's so super cute. <sighs> I agree. I-, I wish it was like how it was or how it used to be. Yeah. Where it rotated and they took out a lot of the, the characters, I guess you could say. Um, At least the they years. removed the plants that were in it and made it a fountain again. Yeah, that that was terrible. That was absolutely horrible. Um, and so anyway, you, eleven minutes into this conversation, I'm stunned. Give it a yeah, there's one <laughs> one other point that I did want to make too. If it's ever super super busy and you do get a chance to to go through like the extended queue line, there's actually some funny posters and stuff in that. Yes um side queue area that that you know really never gets used but you know if you're there new year's eve it's it's something to check out (laughs) no no don't say it like that because honest to goodness it's a really cool attraction and i think your point is valid that because we live here and because we pop over most times just for a few hours at a time where we don't typically spend park open a park close the way we always did when we were traveling down from pennsylvania that's why we skip it it's not that it's not a great attraction it's just not near other things that we do i agree so shall we score it yeah i'm looking down my list and as i know that you think i'm nuts for doing this but i'm (laughs) looking down my list of scores uh from other attractions at the park and i'm trying to come up with something that i think is fair i think it's it's uh it's definitely better than the vacation fun short i really am not a fan of that it's not a mickey mini runaway railway Um, six okay um what did I give Star Tours? Do you have that written down? <laughs> you gave it a four because okay, you loaded it. Because um, I would rather do this over Star Tours. That's how much I despise that attraction. Um, I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to say five. Huh? I, I, I think six for me might be a little bit too generous. Um, See, we both gave Indy fives. And that's why I went six on this. Because I do think this is a little bit more engaging. Yeah, that's probably fair, too. This is like the epitome of it needs a 5.5. It does. We can't start doing that now, but like it needs a... It's so valid, though. Well, you know what? Between the two of us, then it'll average out to a 5.5. There you go. See? So, well done, sir. No, but it, you're 100% <laughs> right, because I would, I would probably do... I've done Muppets more often than I have Indy. No, I, I totally... Um, agree. And it's kind of odd in thinking about this. This is really the only, or this is the only 3D show at studios. Don't they each have one? Yeah, but I always feel like there's more in other places. No, maybe not. Mm-mm. No, you're probably right. Philhar Magic at MK, Bugs Life at, um, or tough to be Bugs, sorry, at Animal Kingdom. And um, Epcot doesn't have a 3D. The Pixar shorts. Oh, that's not 3D. Oh, there you go. Yes, it is. You're 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
So, uh, it's so fun for, for folks who have just listened to us literally ramble for the last <laughs> 14 minutes. I have to add that before Jamie and I started recording this segment, I said, I was like, Jamie, we only have three attractions to talk about. Like this can be, it's going to be over before it starts. And here we are 14 plus minutes in having talked about Muppet Vision well, 3D. <laughs> well, it's true. I, I, I wanted to get my, uh, my fill in, I guess you could say, because unfortunately I don't have uh, or won't have much to say about the Galaxy's Edge attractions because I have not done um, either of them. I think if, not that I think my score should count in the averages, we'll go with yours. Um, but I think maybe since I haven't done them, I'll give a prediction on where I think I would rank them. Okay. If that's fair. So go ahead. Why don't you start with, um, we'll save the big one for last. Let's do Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Okay, so I think the, the first thing that I want to say here is I have to put this in context. The same way that when we talked about Star Tours, I said that the last time I went on it, I literally almost ripped my mask off to throw up. <laughs> like that is the level of stomach turning that occurred. It doesn't mean that it's not really cool. Um, and that's why I gave Star Tours a six because I thought it was so cool. You know, 21 different scenes, you know, randomly generated. Like it, it, it's really neat. So I have to start off by saying, yes, I've done both these attractions multiple times, um, but I'm not a gigantic Star Wars fan. So as much as I've seen the movies and I have watched every single one, our buddy is a big fan and he lent them all to us and he told us what order to watch them in. So we've seen them all. Um, we currently watch The Mandalorian and we really enjoy that show on Disney+. Plus. But we are not like big, huge Star Wars fans. That's just not like we much more prefer like Avengers stuff over um star wars stuff it's just not necessarily our thing but when you walk into that land there's a wow factor for me similar to not quite as cool as because again i love the harry potter universe i appreciate what they do with with have done with star wars but there's still that wow factor of holy crap like i feel like i've just walked into the planet of batu like i am in a different place Every cast member from the attractions to the photo pass cast members have on different clothing and it makes you feel like you're in that area. You go and you get a, a, a Coke. It's not in a cup. It's in like a little tiny circular bottle thing that makes it look like it's appropriate to the area. So, Jamie, I know that you haven't seen it, but you've seen pictures. You've seen video. You know this. For Millennium Falcon? I mean the whole the whole land. I'm just you know. Oh in yeah, general, no, no, no. I've definitely done, trying the, to... done the land before. Um, I actually really like. Um, oh, uh, docking. That's right. You've eaten there. Yes, yeah. so I forgot you'd eaten there. Yeah, you just no, hadn't no, no, done Smuggler's Run. Definitely done. I just haven't done the attractions because I, I I don't think I've been there when Rise has been opened. I don't right. think. Um, and at the time, Millennium Falcon may have, uh, I mean, been like a 90-minute wait, and I just wasn't doing that. Um, right. So, with that being said, um, I agree with your points about the land um, in general. I, I think they need to have one more attraction in that land, because ultimately, two, I feel it, it's a bit... Um, Lacking in attraction. Pandora. <sighs> True. True. But I also think 
Oh God, I I uh, I think I'd probably rather do the Navi River Journey over Smuggler's Run just because of the ride systems in and of themselves. Okay, so Smuggler's Run for those who might be thinking like, what in the world are you two talking about here? So Smuggler's Run is the idea of you're getting on the Falcon, the famed Millennium Falcon, and you're each assigned a position. So whereas you know in Star the Star Tours attraction, you just sit down and yeah, they might you know shine a light on your face and say you're the um you're the um oh my gosh the rebel spy uh you're the rebel spy you're not really participating in it whereas millennium falcon smugglers run you each have a job and you depending on what you do with your job the experience changes because you're flying the falcon so if you happen to have a little kid as your pilot the little kid's going to crash you into everything totally different experience than if you have an adult with quick reflexes who understands what they're supposed to be doing in that pilot position so you have the different roles six different people i believe i'm 99% 99% sure at six. There might be eight different people. Um, either th- I believe it's three on the left, three on the right. I've only mm-hmm. done it twice. Um, so you just have your job and the experience does change. Now that said, again, you guys know if you've been listening to us, you know, ever that both Jamie and I suffer from some motion sickness issues. So when I've done this attraction, I've been lucky that both times I've been in the first seat, the pilot seat. I My um, motion sickness is mostly vision related, visual plane related. So if I'm in the front of anything, I typically do much better than if I see someone else's head in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, same is true on even like roller coasters. The closer I am to the front, the better I do. Um, so I've been lucky that I've been in the front, but I've also worn my motion bands and a couple of times still been like, oh, I'm just going to shut my eyes for a quick second. I'm the pilot. No big deal. Like nothing bad's going to happen. Um, so it's cool. It's really neat that it's the interactive piece. I like that you have some ownership control over the experience but for me i it's just like a meh it's it's just not exciting enough without a fast pass both times i did it i had fast passes um without a fast pass it's just not that exciting for me to wait 35 or 40 minutes for yeah and this is i'm gonna say all these comments um as i said without actually experiencing the attraction or or the queue or anything like that i kind of echo what donna said in regards to i'm not an overly huge star wars fan i i've tried multiple times um i would much have preferred disney to get a harry potter and do this immersive harry potter you know wizarding world um to the level that they did galaxy's edge um obviously that's not here nor there but I, I, it's something I can't necessarily get into as far as a lot of the characters. I, I just don't, I'm not as invested. Um, with that all being said, I don't have to necessarily be totally invested to think something is a cool ride. I don't like the ride system. I think it's essentially a giant motion simulator with a little more interactivity baked in. Now, yes, the screens and you know are crisp and it's everything's 4K and, and everything like that. Um, but for me, with with how I am motion sickness type of wise, Donna, I, I don't know if it's different for you. I almost feel like if I'm looking forward at the screen and then I'm looking down to do something similar to like a mission space. And then I look back up on the screen. I think for me, that would make the experience worse. I 
felt significantly worse on Star Tours than I felt on that. Okay. I don't know if it's because it's a smaller screen and a smaller everything, whereas on Star Tours, it's a much bigger theater and you're looking more at stuff. Or maybe because um, uh, R2-D2 and the other dude are... Thank you. um, Are are actual characters and then the screens behind them and that's a visual plane thing i'm not sure but i didn't feel super ill i would not have been able to like run and get on it a second time right in a, a row okay but i didn't get off going like oh what did i just do <laughs> right and that also comparing the two could also be you know the uh star tours was like 1988 or 89 right. technology so right um oh, excuse me um but i I don't know if I would give this for me personally anything above. I'm going to be generous and say six. And that's what I think it is. That, that's truly what I think it is. I don't think I can say, you know, that it's an indie at a five or Olaf at a four. And it's certainly not a frozen at an eight. Um, I think six is fair because of the factors that I listed, the fact that, um, you know, you have an interactive role and that that role changes and then the experience changes based on how you perform in the role. Um, I do think that that's pretty cool. Um, is it something that I'm going to wait a big chunk of time to do? No, but when fast Pass comes back, if I can have a fast Pass board, I probably will. Um, Anthony's not been on it yet. He is tall enough. It's a 40 inch height requirement, but because he wouldn't be, like physically right next to me for me to have my hand on his, on his knee or like around his back. I just wasn't a hundred percent sure that that would be something I'd want to try because you can't just reach out and touch. It's a, a pretty substantial aisle. Okay. So that's you here and there, but I, th- I think a six is a really fair score for this one. Okay. So should we move over to rise? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So rise of the resistance is, a phenomenal attraction there is a reason for the hype again i am not this big giant star wars fan but holy crap batman was this a home run i have always told folks anyone who wanted to listen which is very few people thank you to those who are listening to us right now um that disney had to respond to universal's harry potter land experience And Disney's response initially was Pandora. And to me, I was like, big fat thumbs down. I didn't like the Avatar movie. I still think it's dumb. I I watched it again before the land opened. I just, I'm not, I'm just not into it. So, you know, yes, it's cool. The, The light up pieces at night are cool, whatever. Then Disney said, okay, fine. You're gonna do the second Harry Potter land. Well, guess what? On both coasts, we're gonna open this big star wars land we're going to to call it galaxy's edge and you know we're going to make it a immersive experience and i do think disney answered and then universal opens hagrid's magical motorbike adventures and holy crap i got to ride that um i'm not sure jamie if we even talked about this on the podcast but i got to go to um a media and travel agent um grand opening event before it was open to the public and i got to go with our agency owner and i got to ride this ride and I remember I told you the next day, because it was late at night when I got in, I remember I told you the next day that Disney has to answer. Do you remember that conversation? I do. I said, Disney has to answer this. They just 
upped the ante on theme park attractions with this one right here. And Rise of the Resistance was the answer. It is a phenomenally immersive experience, more so even than Hagrid Motorbike Adventure. Um, Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure. Sorry, I say that 10 times fast. <laughs> um, it has multiple levels of pre-show, which kind of builds up the story. Um, it has cast members who are part of the resistance and part of the first order acting those roles. Uh, the first order um, soldiers are barking orders at you because of course, you know, they, they believe that you're part of the resistance and, you know, trying to, to, to fight them. Um, it is just, it is ridiculously cool. The, the footprint of this attraction is massive. Oh yeah. You're outside for part of the experience. You're going into a transport cruiser before the First Order, you know, sucks you into their ship. And, oh, man, it is just ridiculously cool. And then the ride itself goes through these massive, massive, massive buildings to, to house different scenes uh, without giving too much away. Um, there are very, very lifelike animatronics. There are scenes where you jump because, you know, a lightsaber is coming through the ceiling above your head. And you're like, how the crap did that, you know, how did they do that? <laughs> where did the ceiling go? How is this happening? Why does that look like an actual laser? What is going on right now? And then there's a scene where your ride vehicle, which moves similarly to Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway, a trackless system. There's a scene where your ride vehicle pulls into something and you hear a click. And at that point in time, I said, oh, crap, because I figured I had read nothing. I had looked at nothing on purpose. I wanted it the first time I, I wrote it to be really um, like a pure experience. Mm -hmm. So apologies to anyone listening to this. Mute me now. Uh, you hear a click and it's like, oh, crap. And I knew that we were going to drop. And sure enough, I'm watching the screen ahead of me. Whoosh, and the vehicle drops down. I was myself uh i think that's what my kid almost pooped himself too um but it just it is so cool i would highly recommend to anyone star wars fan or not that you try to get a boarding pass that you try this experience because it is it's the next level it is disney's answer to hagrid's magical motorbike adventure hagrid magical creatures whatever the heck it's called <laughs> motorbike adventure this is their answer and they knocked it out of the park I just, of course, wish, like, oh, why couldn't we get the Avengers campus like Disneyland? Why did, that, oh, why did it have to be Star Wars? Why couldn't this have been something I was more interested in? Because if it were, I would be, like, next level obsessed. I'm quite sure of that. Yeah, that, that universal Marvel contract. And that's always that sticking point. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you mentioned about the, the non-spoilers, because this is one attraction that I have not, watched any ride videos on um i know some of the layouts and and things that you know may or may not happen or whatever um but like mickey and minnie's runaway railway i've seen videos of it you know whatever it'll be fine um but this one i have stayed away from um i i i from what i've heard as as you've said donna it is certainly worth the hype um next level kind of stuff um i do you know wish i either was more into the intellectual property or um you know it was something different like you said donna like you know an avengers or 
Um, you know, if Disney had gotten, I mean, if Disney had gotten Universal, we probably wouldn't get these immersive lands anyways. Because um, <laughs> I think they originally wanted like one attraction in Fantasyland at MK or something like that for Harry Potter. Um, so Universal needed to get Potter in order to for us to get, you know, uh, Pandora, Galaxy's Edge, you know, Diagon Alley, um, Hogsmeade, you know, all, all these different you know, way more immersive lands. And I'm usually not a fan of um, entire lands devoted to one uh, intellectual property because unless they have, you know, uh, certain time that they'll, you know, be able to sustain. Um, You know, I think Toy Story at this point is a property that's going to be around, you know, as, as one of, Disney's best ever. Star Wars obviously is staying power. Um, Cars Land is just awesome <laughs> out in DCA. <laughs> so th- that would be the one <laughs> counterpoint <laughs> to my own point um, that it's just a cool land. Will it still be that way in 50 years? Maybe. You know, but um, nevertheless, it is interesting. So um, if I was scoring it, what I think it would be. I think, and I think of my my home runs, my tens, you know, my my Tower of Terrors, my um, Splash Mountains, and I know we haven't gotten to Toy Story Land yet. I don't know if there's any tens there. I'll have to think about that. But I'm going to give this one a nine. That's what this is. This is the best attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, this is not the attraction that I would run to every single time because my kid almost pooped himself. And at the end, he said, all done, all done, all done. (laughs) And we were like, buddy, wasn't that fun? That was all done. (laughs) So every time we ask him, do you want to go on the BB-8 ride? No, thanks. No, thanks. So Andrew and I will occasionally grab um, grab the, the passes, but then we have to either ride or swap him or, you know, I'll stay with him and I'll do Midway Mania and then we'll switch. Just and let him stay in Muppet Vision for like three or four hours. <laughs> there you go. Um, so this is not something that we do every opportunity that we could. We actually had passes for friday and we canceled them because we decided we didn't get up at seven to get them um but when we were in the park at one we grabbed them and we were just we were ready we were just ready to go and we would have had to have killed extra time in order to wait for our boarding group as we were walking back out of the park don't you know our phones buzz you know return for your thing and i said andrew's like you know what let's just cancel it out let's let someone else you know get in there that wouldn't have otherwise and you know let them move on with it that way we're not taking room for somebody else um but it's definitely a really cool experience Th- this this is the best attraction in the park if you have an opportunity to do it please do um it's it's just it's next next level this is disney's answer to universal's push and i look forward to this competition i look forward to seeing what each park can do um and i hope that they're equally as cool yeah, I would agree. It, it, it would have been interesting to see sort of the next push. I mean, Tron is a clone. Um, we don't really know too much about Cosmic Rewind at Epcot yet. But, you know, what was going to be next um, if, uh, you know, COVID wasn't such a situation and, and capital expenditures got, got cut. But we shall see, and, and hopefully there is 
you know, continued expansion and, and this battle between, you know, Universal Comcast and, and Disney, because ultimately we all win. Oh, totally. Uh, so our numbers, very high math here. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet Vision 3D, six and a five gives us five and a half, as we said, was actually the perfect rating for that attraction. So that was quite nice. Um, and that, of course, is Grand Avenue gets the five and a half and Galaxy's Edge, seven and a half. What was the average? What did we say for Millennium Falcon? It was a six, six and nine, six and nine. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's that's probably what I would have um, thought. I actually like the food option better than, <laughs> than Millennium Falcon. If you if you said I could sit down and get a uh, some food at uh, Docking Bay Seven or you know ride <laughs> Millennium Falcon, I'm I'm probably sitting down. But that's that's probably part of my social fatty issues. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Um, interesting conversation tonight. I'm still laughing over the fact that we discussed three attractions and it took us 35 minutes to do. And so. one of those attractions was Muppet 3. We may have talked about Muppet Vision 3D longer than the actual show is. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. So, in any case, uh, we still have a couple more lands to take care of, and we'll do that in a few weeks here. Next week, Jamie and I have decided that it would be fun to have a discussion about Valentine's Day date ideas on Disney property. So, please make sure that you tell your friends, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you 